the Alaska Airlines Studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Here we go now. Shannon Dreyer joining us now on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. Shannon, how's it going? How's Peoria? It's going. It was a little bit cloudy and uh, rain was threatening this morning, but seeing some blue sky right now. Just finished up lunch with the rest of the reporters. Ryan Divish, I can report, just put away a full plate lunch of Loco Moco in about three minutes. Impressive. That's really impressive. That's the kind of speed and consistency that I want to hear about from our local reporters. Uh, Shannon, um, just uh, real quick, I test uh, which players um, look like. This is one of our favorite conversations to have ahead of any camp, right, Bump? Is the eye test? Yeah, eye test. Yeah, best shape of my life. Uh, <laughs> any players looking in the best shape of their life in this one? <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of the, the point. This is what they get paid to do is to come in and in great shape. So, I think it's kind of a standard, but there are definitely guys that are in different shape. Uh, Marco Gonzalez is, is really trimmed down quite a bit. It, looking at him, it looks like the first day that he reported after the trade from the Cardinals. Uh, seeing Tom Murphy, you can tell that he spent a lot of his downtime in the workout room. He is absolutely huge right now. And everybody else, they look like you would expect them to look at the beginning. J.P. Crawford put in a lot of work at driveline and you know it's really important and they've said this since they first got him that this is a guy that needs to get stronger not so much for what he does on the field but to get through the rigors of a big league season and he looks a little bit different to me so a lot of good all over the place Shannon, you mentioned the name I was going to ask you about is Marco Gonzalez. Now, a couple years ago, he was the ace. He was the guy. You fast forward to now. um, He's in the back end of this rotation. Is there anything he can do to kind of change his role on this team? Or do you think he just settles into where he is now and helps the team the best he can? Well, you know, shy of adding a couple miles an hour to his fastball, it's, you know, he's going to have to rely on his experience, his craftiness. He knows how to pitch. He's got great feel for the ball. He has seen the the league. He knows how to read hitters. He just has no room for error, so he's got to hit his spots. And, you know, he's got a variety of pitches. There's a rumor that he's added a sixth pitch, and we'll see how that plays out for him. But, you know, he was determined. When you see kind of the weight loss that he has had and the shape that he is in right now, that tells you a lot. But uh, he definitely has value for this team and that he was able to go out there every fifth day and make that start and give the innings and like it or not a lot of people will look at it and they'll kind of compare it to everything else he had a nice string of quality starts and even if it wasn't a quality start or a number he was able in most cases in the in the vast majority of most cases that he went out there he was able to leave the game having put the team in a good position to win so if he can continue that you know, he definitely, there is a lot of value to that. What the Mariners did, and it shouldn't be taken for granted last year with their starters and not losing anybody, not having anybody on the IL is huge. And he's a big part of that. The Mariners finished second in the AL West last year, which they should be proud of, finished with consecutive 91 seasons, which they should also be proud of. They also finished 16 games back of those pesky Houston Astros who finished the season 106 and 56. Do you still see the gap between these two teams as 16 games? Do you think it's shortened? What do you think? I go back and forth with it. I, I ultimately think it probably is shortened. And in talking with people and you know with the Astros, um, broadcast team. They look at the improvements that the Mariners did 
in adding to Oscar Hernandez in a full year of Luis Castillo, uh, they see that as maybe not a direct threat to overtake them, but definitely taking those steps forward. I, I don't know that I buy that they were they could have won any of those games. Sure, they could, but they didn't. And there are things that made Houston better when you got to the postseason. When you got into an 18-inning game, you had your number six starter was able to come in in the 14th inning and I believe give you five innings throwing 97 miles an hour to an absolutely exhausted team. You had a Jeremy Pena be able to go out there and have the series that he did, and you had a Jordan Alvarez. Those are different difference makers. So even though those games were close, it was what they had personnel-wise that made a big difference in those. So I don't like to fall into they were that close but I don't know that they are 16 games back either. This is a very different club at the end of the year. So I don't look at what they did early on in the season against the Astros. I look at what we saw late from them. And I do believe that they have improved on what they finished the year with. Shannon, a player that I think a lot of people are looking forward just to seeing and hear about is uh, Teoscar Hernandez. Stacy and I had the privilege of interviewing him um, when he landed after a five-hour flight. Um, have you had eyes on him? Have you seen the way he's interacting with his teammates? What's the vibe with him? Yeah, just a day that I've seen him in camp. But, yeah, it's, we had an opportunity to sit down with him at the media lunch day. and. He was great, and you, you feel the veteran vibe that he has, and you know that he goes out there with a plan, and you know that he's got experience, and he's a guy that um, you know goes about his business the way that he does. He knows how to get ready, and he's not afraid to pull others with him. So it'll be interesting. You see some of the interactions we did see, you know, all the outfielders together. You saw him talking with Julio a little bit. They worked out together in the off season, and it was, um, you know, you see that relationship start to develop so it's going to need a little bit more time but I, I do think that he's going to be a great addition to the clubhouse as well uh is mariners arbitration win or anything with arbitration between those two do you think any um any real issue are going to affect anything or was that just kind of like a business thing oh i think it's a business thing yeah. I, I think that uh that is not as pronounced as it used to be when you have that kind of situation, now I know that there was an instance this week where somebody was, I can't think off the top of my head, but there was Corbin, a player who was uh, not, Burns or whatever. Yeah, right, right, yeah. was not happy about that. But if nothing else, Teoscar is a professional and, you know, he wants to go out and win and he knows he's going to be a free agent in a year. I don't think this is a case where it was a Luis Castillo and he could, you know, look around and three weeks later say, yeah, this is where I want to stay. With the way that free agency is going these days, that's a tough thing to give that up. So I don't think it's going to have an impact. Shannon, a player we're not going to see probably in the show for a few years is Harry Ford. That's a name we keep hearing. He's going to play in the World Baseball Classic. He's going to be the catcher for Great Britain. And I, I heard him mention just the experience that he's going to get playing in that game. Um, how much of a, uh, a a boost in just his trajectory are we going to see with him going to the World Baseball Classic? And what have you seen out of him so far? I know you've only been there like six hours. <laughs> I understand that. I don't know that that's going to be a boost for him. I think it's just going to be a little bit of a carrot instead, you know, just a really great experience because he's still probably at a minimum, I would say, two years away. He's only just turned 20 years. I think the biggest thing for him is the experience of being in camp, and his eyes are wide open. He's got the opportunity not just to learn from veterans, but to see what a major leaguer is, and it's different, and he's taking it all in. There was a funny sight in the clubhouse Earlier today, you've heard of, I think you probably heard Jared Kelnick talk about writing everything down. Well, Clubhouse is pretty empty in the morning as guys are running around doing what they do. 
and there were two players that were in their seats, and they were probably about 10 feet apart, and they were facing into their lockers, both with notebooks open, scribbling things down, headphones on, for probably about 15 minutes. And it was Harry Ford and Julio Rodriguez, same kind of program right there, which was interesting to see that, you know, Julio's still writing things down as well, but Harry very much uh, taking notes on everything that he's doing. Shannon, I also heard of um, Game Calling University Harry Ford went to with Cal Raleigh and stuff. I believe one of their uh, Mariners coaches puts that thing on. Have you heard anything about the, the Game Calling University? Yeah, I, I guess I didn't know that they did it this year. They, I knew that they had done it for a few years before, and it's just an off-season program where they, um, you know, through the Zoom, will will do a meeting. And they had Dan Wilson, I think, was leading the original ones. And it was just getting the catchers thinking and, and how to approach hitters and, and how to, um, you know, kind of just giving them all an idea of what they were going to see in the big leagues and get them thinking about how they were going to handle individual at-bats. And it wasn't just the minor leaguers that did it. It was the major leaguers, too. So it was an opportunity for the minor leaguers to be in those conversations and to hear how the big leaguers would go through it. Cal Raleigh went through it. I think they have all been through it. And from what I heard, they all it was a positive experience, and they enjoyed it. But it's something that they've done for a few years and certainly a unique program. Hey, last year we saw Cal Raleigh set a new franchise record for home runs in a single season. And unfortunately for Cal, this isn't meant to be disrespectful. I don't know how many people were planning on that happening uh, back in March and April. In fact, when Tom Murphy was hurt and lost for the season, we were all bummed and, and hoping that Cal would be able to pull through and do enough. And he did more than enough. If you're looking at a player who has the best chance to have that kind of impact this year or surprise people or like really, really contribute as genuinely one of the team's better hitters, who pops up to you? Oh, man. You know, we, we say this every year, and I think it's just because the need is there, and you hope it's Jared Kelnick. There is no question about that. It's going to take some time. I got peppered with questions from Salk about this, and obviously there was a Verducci article and everything today, but you, you got to see him get into season. You know he can do everything. Now, can he do everything in games is the question. That talent is still there. He is still young. There are ways to bring out that talent, but he's got to figure it out when they get into the game. So as far as, you know, biggest impact, I do think that it remains Jared Kelnick. But I also think if you want another name, a, you know, another guy that did a lot of work in the offseason and went to driveline was J.P. Crawford. And I think that he is going to be important, especially if you keep Julio Rodriguez at the top of the order. You need people on base for him. You don't need too much from J.P. You just need him to get on base. If he is down lower in the order, he could be of impact you know, by raising his numbers a little bit and getting on base and, and just being that guy to kind of turn things over when they get to the top of the order. So I think I would probably look at those two. I wanted to ask a follow-up that I know you've talked about with us before, but it's one that I think some people are wondering. Do you think Julio's best spot is at the top of the order? You know, I did for the longest time, and I know the afternoon show was on the kick to get him lower in the order to get those runners on base for him. And I'm kind of getting there, and it's something that I want to talk to people because you know that the Mariners run all of the numbers, and uh, you know they must have found that there is more value in that off chance that he gets that extra at bat than there is in uh, possibly not having those runners on base uh, for him. And you look into kind of just some of the 
just kind of really rudimentary numbers, and you look at what Julio does and when he hits, his numbers late in games, his numbers from the ninth inning on, and that would usually be that extra at bat, are outside of the first inning his best. So I think that does indicate that it's probably a good idea that he's there, but I but really like to hear a little bit more because the answer always is that extra at bat. And, you know, that's been accepted for so long, but I'm wondering why and how does that equate to and how does that stack up and how do you value that against perhaps the opportunity of having one person ahead of him that you feel a little bit better about being on base? Another question um, I have about a youngster, Bryce Miller says um, he's a bit heavier now. Well, 180 last year is about 205. He said Matt Brash inspired him to add another slider to what he's doing. What's the progress report on that young man? Uh, Well, they absolutely love what they have seen from both of them. And Miller, I have not had a chance to see as of yet, but is at the top of my list, both from talking to people in and out of the organization, has special stuff. There's some outside the organization who are questioning if he's a starter or a reliever. The Mariners believe he is absolutely a starter. And I do think that when you kind of look at the depth chart for the Mariners and should a need arise for a starter, I I think that would be the first place that they would go. Uh, As far as Brash, I saw him today. I saw the slider, the new rework slider, for the first time, and it was ridiculous. We actually were in a situation where we could stand behind the catcher. They had a screen up on field one right behind the catcher, tweeted a couple of the pitches, and and they're nasty. And J.P. Crawford, I didn't have the video. I filmed right afterwards, but the final pitch that he saw was that slider, and he said, I didn't even see it. Mm. He said, it looks like it is going one place, it goes another, and honestly, I didn't even see it. So that is good stuff from Matt Rash, and we will see. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Bryce Miller for the first time and seeing how that plays. Yeah, high praise. Hey, sticking on Miller for a second, uh, you mentioned that there's a split on whether he's a bullpen guy or whether he's a reliever, whether he can be a starter. Obviously, knock on wood, which I'm doing now, the Mariners aren't in need of a starter and have a ton of great pitching depth, so much so that we're wondering what's going to happen with Chris Flexen and Marco. Is Miller's best path to get to the majors in 2023 through the bullpen, and do you think that's one he might take? It, 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 you know, I actually asked Jerry DePoto about this about a month ago because, you know, if you are in the same situation, and I think we're all a little bit surprised that you do still have both Marco and Chris Flexen and that you do have six starters, uh, even though you can never have enough or so it seems. That's how young pitchers traditionally have been brought up. They usually do start out in the bullpen, and we really haven't seen the Mariners do that as much the last couple of years, and I was curious if that was more of a, a kind of organizational philosophy or situational. And it was situational. And, it, you know, DePoto said that it, it very well could be and we would be absolutely comfortable with if the need is in the bullpen, starting one of our young guys, Taylor Dollard, falls into the same category in the bullpen if that need is not in the rotation. Now, the one thing I would say is I don't think that they would do that out of spring training. I think that they would want their starters, their young starters, starting games and getting those innings. But get into the season, need arises, that's where the opening is. I think that's something you surely could see. Last one I got, Shannon. Is there an, a, an assignment or a player that you're looking forward to talking to or, or getting going while you're out there? Oh, there are a bunch. You know, Kelnick is, is way up the list right now because he did make changes. Again, he had a very different 
off season. Want to see what his outlook is. Really kind of want to sit down and talk with Eugenio Suarez a little bit. He, uh, you know, we he was not what we expected him to be, to say the least. You saw the strikeouts, and what really intrigues me about him is he is somebody he sits on a pitch, he thinks through it bats, and I kind of want to hear his process and what he is seeing from the pitcher and what he is looking for. And I could go on and on. Cal Raleigh, you know, his year, second year, everything that he has behind him, you know, what did he get from that? There's a lot going on. We're down here the entire time. So I think we'll get to the bottom of it all. She is Mariners insider Shannon Dreyer, kind enough to join us from the Peoria Sports Complex, where Mariners spring training is underway, full squad, reporting for their first practice together today. Shannon, thank you so much. Thanks, Shannon. You got it. All right, that was Shannon Dreyer, kind enough to join us on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. As a reminder, our conversation with Mariners insider Shannon Dreyer is powered by Pacific Lamp and Supply. Let's get to Four Down Territory. This is Four Down Territory, going inside the game with former Seahawks and Coug wide receiver Michael Bob, Bumpus. I'm going to warn you that I'm going to add a two-point conversion at the end. Gotcha. We had some Seahawks news, not major breaking news, but some right. Seahawks news, so I'll throw that in. Uh, first down, though. Before we get to Seattle, let's start in Arizona. Arizona has hired their new offensive coordinator. Who is it? What do we know about him? And if you were a Cardinals fan, would you like the hire? You should like the hire. Young Drew, he's 35 years old. He was the QB coach with the Browns, also a tight end coach with the Browns. And for six years, him and Gannon teamed up over there with the Vikings where he was a quarterback coach and a wide receiver coach. He's a first-time OC. Gannon's a first-time head coach. He has to lean on somebody. Gannon's on the defensive side of the ball. Drew is on the offensive side of the ball. It just makes sense. He's got experience. He's got a relationship with him. He's dealt with Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen. He knows what winning looks like, and he's already talking the same talk. At least Gannon's saying, look, Kyler's going to be under center. So if I am Drew, that means I'm going to open up this playbook a bit more. Play action is best when your quarterback is under center. You have nothing else but to be excited, Arizona. Kingsbury's out of there. It's a new day. Let's see what happens. Just be grateful you have a head coach right now, okay? (laughs) Second down. The USFL will have their first college draft today, but bump it's before the NFL has theirs. Uh, what are some of the challenges that presents? It's going to be tough. You're so, you got to have it now. You can't wait for the NFL draft, yeah. obviously, because your season is going to start. But you're going to make these players choose up. Now, there's going to be about 80 picks in this draft. About 300 players are eligible. So some of these players who are going to get drafted will be drafted by the NFL as well. I don't know the specifics when it comes to these contracts. Mm-hmm. If you are drafted and you start playing and then you get drafted by the NFL, are you able to make that move? If they're smart, they should let them make that move. When I played in Canada for the CFL, if I got a call from an NFL team, I was able to leave right now. They should do the same and treat this as a development league. So you're just going to have real conversations with players with ages. What do you want to do? You're only going to get paid up to $60,000 in the USFL. But over there in the, in the NFL, if you're on the practice squad, you get $207,000. So it just makes for tough decisions, but you want to have these tough decisions. That means you have options. There are now two development leagues, one big dog. Uh, it's tough, but these guys are in a good position. Lots of football to go around. Third down. The Seahawks have a new quarterback coach. His name, Greg Olson. Not that Greg Olson, though. Why do you like the hire? I like it. He's an OG. I think uh, every staff needs an OG on that staff to uh, remind these young guys what they're doing. But he was a grad assistant at WSU, 87-89, Gold Cougs. He's been an offensive coordinator at Idaho. 
Central Washington, the Jags, the Lions, the Raiders, the Bucks. He's been around the block. He's dealt with different type of quarterbacks, John Kitna, Drew Brees, and Jared Goff. He's dealt with the best of the best and some mediocre. I think he falls, or Geno falls right in there. And then he just has experience with Shane Waldron. That's what you do. You hire guys who you get along with. You hire guys who hold you accountable. That's what I like about hiring older guys on the staff. 50-something ain't old, but in football it's old. But you hire that type of guy to make sure that you're doing things correctly. Someone who is not going to be afraid to speak up and give you an opinion. I don't think other coaches are, but it's it's different when it comes from a guy who has the experience that this guy has, man. Over 20-something years of experience in the NFL. I like the hire. Fourth down. Franchise tag window officially open today. What are some franchise tag situations you're interested in? All right, well, obviously we're looking at Lamar Jackson to see what's going to happen over there. His tag, non-exclusive, what, $45 million. Some Marcellus Wiley says, you don't take that. You get yeah. a long-term deal. I feel you, but it's hard to leave $45 million on the table. But what I'm really looking at is Tony Pollard. He has a high ankle sprain. What are you going to do with him and Zeke Elliott? If you try to trade Zeke Elliott, you can probably get a third rounder out of there. You're saving about $16 million. If you franchise Pollard over there, you're going to spend about $10 million. And you can get a third round pick. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at Houston. They got a bunch of cap space over there. You have Damian Pierce, the running back, rookie running back on a rookie contract. Boom, you make him go to work. And then you have Cooks over there. If you can trade Cooks, that's $26 million cap hit Cooks is on right now. You can make some moves right there. And then I look at Atlanta, $55 million in cap space. You can still keep Algier and Patterson if you want to and have a three-headed monster over there with Atlanta. I'm looking at those two teams. You need a running back. I think Zeke is a one-two combo type running back at this point of his career. That's what you can do. So I'm looking at Tony Pollard. There's a lot of other situations going on, but that intrigues me. Uh, All right. We converted uh, fourth down to get a touchdown. Yay! Time for a two-point conversion. I'm tacking it on at the end because we have some Seahawks news. The Seahawks signed guard Phil Haynes to a one-year extension this afternoon. Uh, Bump, my question is what we should make of the news and does it actually say anything? Like I was wondering what it means for Gabe Jackson because he was spelling Gabe Jackson during the season and and also worth noting that we know that teams can negotiate with players. Yeah, this Phil Haynes move is is beautiful. There were a few names that I said you need to come uh, bring back. Mm-hmm. Phil Haynes, Drew Locke. Um, you had Ryan Neal. Ryan Neal. And there was one more floating in there. I can't really think of it right now. But uh, yeah, and what this says is that releasing Gabe Jackson is a real possibility because Phil James, Phil, Phil Haynes filled mm-hmm. in for Gabe and did a good job. I talked to our guy, Big Ray Roberts, and he loved what Phil Haynes brings to the table. So we're starting to see some movement. I like it. I think you can save some money elsewhere. We shall see what they do. But whether you keep Gabe Jackson or not, Phil Haynes is a guy that you need for depth and he can play in multiple positions. I'm all for it. Do your thing, Phil. Good stuff. I wonder if it was Marquise. Might have been Marquise or Rashad Penny. I think it was Marquise. Marquise. Yep. Uh, and it was Penny. Penny was on that bolt. thing, too. Bam. Let's get to what's Both on tap. This is What's on Tap with Bump and Stacy, brought to you by Dick's Driving. So, folks, what's on tap? All right. Coming up on Thursday, Kraken getting a little bit of a break before they take on one of the best teams in the NHL, the Bruins. It's Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. We are wrapping up the show with back to back fun. Segments hype train coming up at 1.30. What I need to know at 1.45. Get your questions in 866-979-3776. Any question you have coming up in hype train. My prediction for home run leader for the Mariners. Let's see if you two agree. Bump and Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Rost. 
All right, get your questions in for what I need to know. Hitting that at 45 after. We're going to wrap up the show with it. We need your questions uh, on the Mac and Jack's text line, 866-979-3776. Any question. Now, my personal favorite are like advice questions. Mm-hmm. Like we had mm-hmm. one where it's like, hey, my younger son broke the older son's like model millennium like falcon Lego thing set, yeah. you know how, do i punish him like what do we do i like the advice ones but we get good sports questions in here uh food questions whatever it is just good debate topics let's get into it 866-979-3776 text your question what you need to know right now let's head to the station for hype train all right let's talk mariners the first full squad practice today out at the peoria sports complex they're gonna have a game by the way on friday that's gonna be at noon you guys are gonna listen live to that one here on 7 10 a.m on our airwaves um this is uh, less about spring training and more prediction for the season this doesn't have to be a bad thing Okay. It's going to sound like a bad thing, but it does not have to be a bad thing. Usually when you start stuff listen, off like that. Listen, it's going to sound bad, but just look at the positive part of it. Okay. This is the hype train. Listen carefully. If you agree with it, you're boarding it. If you don't agree, you're letting it go on by. Neither Julio, Cal, nor Eugenio Suarez will lead the Mariners in home runs this year. Now, you said a lot right now. So just because of what you said, I'm going to I know what you're going to do. You're not going to get on this train because you think that Oscar Hernandez is going to lead this team in bombs. So I'm, this so I'm year. getting on the train. So you get all you said. Yes, you're getting on the train. If you're not boarding the train, you think Julio Cal or Gino are going to lead the team in home yeah. runs. If yeah. you are boarding it, it either means the team is going to be bad or it means that you're like, I truly believe nah. another hitter on this team nah. is going to rake. I know what you believe. I know where you're going. You're going to the Dominican. They're going to the Dominican. You don't know what I'm going to do. But you're not going with the young Dominican. You're going with the seasoned Dominican. Yeah. I'm going to say the young Dominican is going to lead this team with about 32 of them things. So I'm not on the train. Right? Am I saying that right? Yeah. Yeah, So I'm not not on the train. The hype train, Bump thinks he knows what I'm doing. He knows nothing. The hype train (laughs) is that neither Julio, Cal, nor Gino Suarez will lead the Mariners in home runs this year. It sounds negative, but it could be a great thing, assuming that your pick for home run leader is like 38, 40 home runs. Bump is not boarding, though. He thinks it's going to be Julio leading the team. Curtis, are you boarding? Yeah, we kind of... Just leaves us with one option, really, with Teoscar Hernandez. It could be anyone: Taylor Trammell, Jared Kelman. Taylor Trammell's got a broken silly. hand. Yeah. Ty France. Ty I don't know. maybe with a very outside shot. I don't know. At, at I don't know. The team at home runs. I don't know, Curtis. Uh, I am going to take. I am also going to take Julio Rodriguez. I think Julio is going to challenge for the American League MVP this year. Uh, I have him probably about 34, 35 home runs. It's going to be the year of Julio, folks. Uh, So I am not boarding this train that neither Julio, Cal, or Gino Suarez will lead the Mariners in home runs this year. Stacey, I feel like you have already purchased a sleeper car on this train. Yeah, for fun. Yeah. Yeah. To keep my train cart alive, I am purchasing a ticket, and I'm going to say it's Teoscar Hernandez. Minimum 20 home runs in each of the last, uh, well, four full seasons. I'm not counting 2020. Um, Had 30-plus runs in 2021. Uh, Obviously great last year. I think Julio is the best candidate on the team for an MVP season, but I don't know. Sometimes it's who you least expect. Might it be a second year in a row when a 
trade acquisition ends mm. up leading the team in home runs. That'd be nice. We that will find nice. out. Next type train into the station. Just want to board that one. Going Seahawks for this one. We talked about Matt Miller joining Brock and Salk, saying that he thinks the Seahawks should take Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson at number 20. We have not talked a ton about the second first-round pick. More variables there. Harder to predict, right? Harder to zero in on who they should take. So I'll leave it just by position. The Seahawks at number 20 should go quarterback. The Seahawks should not go quarterback at number 20. And the reason why they shouldn't is because they're either going to franchise Geno, hold him down for a year, see what he can do, or they're going to sign him to a two- to three-year deal and commit to this band. But either way, there are other needs on this team, and it starts with the defense. If my guy Breesey from Clemson is still available, you go ahead and get him. After you get Tyree Wilson and you're looking at young talent on that defensive line, uh, I'm not feeling that, not doing it. Okay. Fair. The hype train, Curtis, is that the Seahawks should go QB at number 20. I tried to rhyme it. I think they should go quarterback with at least one of their first four picks because all four fall in the first two rounds. Number 20, I feel like the quarterbacks that are going to be available at number 20 are probably also going to be available at pick, what is it, 37 that the Seahawks have in the second round. I don't think there's going to be much variance between 20 and 37 in terms of quarterback available so with that being said I think you can wait till the second round in order to get your quarterback uh, of the future or at least somebody that you can develop and hope that another team kind of falls in love with kind of with the 49ers uh, and Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, other quarterback Matt Hasselbeck for example here in Seattle the Packers developed him he traded him to Seattle uh, he wasn't a second round pick or anything like that but again developing backup quarterbacks being able to trade them for future draft capital. I'm going to pass on this train. I think they go quarterback in the second round, not the first. I'm also passing on this train. I do think they get a quarterback in this draft. We've heard John Schneider multiple times talk about how he wishes this team would have drafted more quarterbacks, even just late to be able to have his trade picks, which I'm sure after the Patriots traded Jimmy G to San Francisco, a lot of things teams thought, oh, I wish I would have done that. <laughs> I wish I would have gotten a guy we didn't end up mm-hmm. using and then uh, acquired some picks for him. But uh, I don't think that's at number 20. And like you, Bump, I'd love to see them take care of their biggest needs. And for 2022, right now, if you still got Gino, that's not quarterback. All right, next up. Franchise tag window open today. I'm not going to stick with the Seahawks, though, because you know what, guys? I don't think the Seahawks end up using the franchise tag. I think either they re-sign Geno or let him walk. $32.4 million is a lot to commit to one player in one offseason if he's not your long-term answer. Who knows if Lamar Jackson is the Ravens' long-term answer, but the hype train is simple. The Ravens will franchise tag Lamar Jackson. Well, good thing you're bringing up Baltimore Ravens because there's a listener who always tells us how much we love the Baltimore Ravens apparently (laughs) because we talk about them all the time so let's keep the good times rolling I think they're going to franchise him Yeah, I think they're scared to make a long term deal with him they understand who he is and what the best part of his game is and that is what that's what makes him a risk because you're like man can he sustain this how long can we do this so I think to be safe they go with that franchise tag about 45 million of them things and uh, yes I'm on that train Curtis, the hype train is that the Baltimore Ravens will franchise tag Lamar Jackson. Bump says, yeah, I don't know that they're going to get this long-term deal going, but he's a great quarterback. If they want to win now, better to have him on the roster than not. He sees a franchise tag being used. Do you? They know what life is like with him, 
and it's considerably better than what life is like without him in Baltimore for sure. Uh, yeah, I think they franchise tag him, so I'm going to get on this train. But Stacy, I question your diehard Baltimore Ravens fandom uh-huh. because you have not seen the 30 for 30 on the 2000 Ravens yet. I know. I've been putting it off because here's the deal. I was going to watch that, and then I watched all of Wednesday, and I started like the Wednesday Adam show on Netflix, which I started on uh, – Sunday night at like 11 p.m. And I watched the entire eight episodes. Some Ravens fan you are. I know. I'm sorry. Um, I mean, there are a lot of purples and and purple and black colors being used in the show. You know, that's Ravens colors. Anyways, I am. uh, I'm also boarding this hype train because I think the worst thing you can do outside of letting your former MVP walk for free is not being able to trade him for picks. And I think that there's a good chance that they tag and trade too. certainly a possibility. All right. Last hype train in here. We'll be really, really quick with this one. I might just have you two sound off. Seattle's leader in sacks for 2023 is not currently on the team. Leaves open a lot of possibilities. Oh, he's Javon not Hargrave, on Payne. Nah. Is it a draft pick? Nah, he's on the team. Nuosu's going to do his thing. He's going to do his thug thizzle. He's going to go out there and give me about 13 and a half, 14 of them things. So I'm not on the train. Okay. He's Bump on it. is not boarding this train, Curtis, but you're going to have the final word because I got to hit break. Seattle's leader in sacks for 2023 is not on the team. Are you boarding or are you staying at the station with Bump? I'm boarding. Let's go. Wow. It's going to be somebody that is not on this roster. It's going to be TJ Watt. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I I have no idea who it's going to be, but they're not on this roster. Book it. All right. This hour of Bump and Stacey is brought to you by Mazda of Everett. That was Hype Train. We're heading into what I need to know, and I have so many questions I'm so excited for. When I said, hey, I could really use some, uh, you know, some great, uh, like, situational questions or advice questions, Bump, we have some now. Mm. I want any question you guys have, fun stuff, sports things, don't forget, like, it's still a sports station. If you're like, hey, I want to actually know about this franchise tag thing, like, yeah, you can send that in, too. 866-979-3776. That's next. Bump and Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airline Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. I love our questions for what I need to know. You guys brought it today. You can still get these in. If I don't read it today, I'm saving a couple for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Just because there are so many good ones. So you can still text it 866-979-3776. It's what I need to know. Brought to you by All Red Heating, Cooling, Electric. Here we go. Uh, what I need to know. My, from the 425. My wife screwed up on her taxes and claimed two when we just have one kid. Mm. Because of this, we owe $2,500 in taxes. I would owe zero on my own. Does she pay the bill or split it? And then adding context, we keep our funds separate except for bills. So all her extra money, spending money, and she makes 20000 a year more than me. Mm. Do you pay it? Do you split it? Or do you ask her to pay it? If you want a happy life, my friend, you split it. Hold up. You but take that on the chin. You right, have to. That's technically a bill, right? Well, like, what I, here's what I want to know. Are you filing? Presumably, you're fi- filing together, right? When mm-hmm. you're married, you file together. Mm-hmm. So it's, th- this is my understanding, 425. Tell me if we're wrong. If, if this is your guys' tax return that you're filing together and it was just a random error, like, that's not, you know, her fault. Like, it was an innocent it, It's mistake. her fault. See, typical woman. There you go. It's, what? It's not my it's fault. Not her fault. Yeah, no. It's you. Uh, I say you just you just you just split it, man. It's all right. It's one household. Well, uh, yeah, because like 
were you going to split your tax return then? Like, she's the one that fills it out, yeah. right? If, yeah. If it came back where you were not owing anything, then wouldn't it be entirely her okay. financial gain? Fair point. If she mm-hmm, was going mm-hmm. to keep the entirety of the return, you do not owe anything. But that's a fight that you're going to have to... Yeah. Hey, oh, you want to win the war or the battle? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, what I need to know, um, would you swap the Mariners Sunday home alternate jerseys for either the Steelhead throwbacks or the turn ahead the clock jerseys, 98 and 2018? Let me say, I love the Sunday alternate jerseys. Yeah. I really yes. do. Um, but I go still heads, man. Still heads for sure. Yeah, I go still heads. Those hats, more, I wear that hat every other day. It's a yeah. more timeless look. Uh-huh. Now, I am wearing the hat. For the turn ahead, the clock jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's best served as a one-time. I like that hat. I don't like those jerseys. Those are the ones with the cut-off sleeves, right? They are the black ones. Yeah, I don't know because they're those. too cool. Yeah, they look like Dude, Nelson a, a Cruz dope. in those things. Holy, cow. <laughs> they look like a, they look like a dope beer league softball uh, team oh. jersey. I like this question. What I need to know: I thought Johnny Menzel was going to be a great NFL quarterback. Who is your biggest miss in evaluating a college mm. talent having success on Sundays? Jamar Chase. I didn't think he was going to do it. I did not think he'd be a good receiver. I'm like, what's the what's the big deal with this guy? And he proved me wrong, and I will admit it every single time his name comes up. I almost won my fantasy league closest I've ever come to winning because I had Lamar Chase as, or Jamar Chase as a rookie. And I remember being like, this is a dumb pick. Do you, remember <laughs> in, do you guys remember in this. training camp that year, Jamar Chase gave an interview, yeah. and he said he was having a hard time adjusting yes. to catching pro balls because they didn't have the white stripes on him. Yeah. Yes, and it was this huge thing where it's like, wow, this guy's an idiot. He's just not going to get it. Turns and, out he's like a generational receiver. Well, and because of Jamar Chase and some other guys, our conversation has instead turned to like, what if you can just like, you know, constantly draft and replenish wide receivers because they're so pro-ready? Like, that was not the conversation a couple of years ago. That's going to be the case. You are going to be able to find good receivers all throughout the draft. Oh, uh, the texter from the 425 with the tax issue is saying she offered to pay it, but I feel bad. She offered to pay it. Go for it, boo. Yeah. No, let me get my wallet. Okay, if you say so. Um, All right. Uh, What I need to know. I've traveled to 15 countries since 2010. Okay, we got it. Uh, Should I go to Panama, Madagascar, the Czech Republic, or Korea next? I'm just going to say, (laughs) I'm going to say Madagascar because my kids love the movie. I think Madagascar would be really fun, and I also think that about Panama. Those would be my two choices. Yeah. I have heard that uh, the, the Czech Republic. The weather's going to be better yeah. in Madagascar. I feel I've like. heard Eastern Europe. Is that where the Czech Republic is? Mm-hmm. Can be really fun. South Korea would be cool. It would be. Yeah. I just go K-pop crazy. Yeah. I, South Korea. I just think anywhere in Eastern Europe right now, not the vibe. Probably not the vibe <laughs> not you want to go for. Facts. Vibe. Okay. Very fair. Yes. Uh, what I need to know is how to help my seven-year-old control his emotions on the basketball court. He's normally a gentle kid, but that competitive spirit gets the, to the best of him when things aren't going well. Also, he starts to to pout. I don't know. I, I, I kind of think it sounds like he's got that dog in him. It sounds like, you know, here's the thing. Like, and uh, I learned this early. My coach, I used to cry when I was little. We lose, I'm crying, right? And my mom used to be like, stop your crying. Nah, nah, nah. But then my coach was like, it just means that he cares that much, whether you win or lose. So I think your kid is tapping into an emotion that can help him. But it's more about him understanding what it looks like from the outside. You know what I mean? Inside, mm-hmm. it can motivate him. But from what it looks like, people can see that as a weakness and try to attack it. 
What I need to know, I'm about to propose to my girlfriend, and I have my eyes set on two engagement rings. Both are from the Zales Disney collection. One is the Queen of Hearts ring because she's going to be my queen, and the other is the Jasmine ring because I could show her the world. Mm. Which one do I mm. choose, or do I ball out and get both? Now, are these rings you have your eyes on, or does she have her eyes on? Yeah. Because Important to know. Yeah. She's going to be the one wearing this forever, hopefully. <laughs> like, it's, 50% of all marriages. Yeah, in. Right? Curtis, I mean, she'll be the one wearing it until you guys get divorced. I feel like you. she's going to have to have a say in this. You know it's what supposed you do? to be a surprise. And look, 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 look. The Queen of Hearts, while the name says... Like oh, that I liked like the Jasmine character. one. I looked them up for this question. The Queen of Hearts is a villain in in the Disney universe. Facts. That's Facts. not. Uh, I don't want to have a villainous thing yeah. attached to my fiance. Jasmine's got a pet tiger. I, I saw cool. this. I saw this on social media. You bring both. You pop them open when you and propose, say which one do you want? and have her pick which one she wants. What if I want both? Can't do that. Can't afford that. <laughs> what pick I need one. to know. <laughs> Bump, if you could play any golf course in the world, what is it? Oh, man. You look at Augusta, you look at Torrey Pines. Wolf Creek is one I'd like to play. But, I, you know, someone talked to me into Torrey Pines uh, about a month back. Guy I met at uh, El Paraiso, a restaurant in Monroe. So I'm going to stick with Torrey Pines. I ain't played it yet. I need that. All right. The consensus from the text line including from uh, people who are texting in who were proposed to say that you need to ask. So if you don't want to ask her, ask her friends. Ask her friends, ask yeah. her mom. Yeah, ask like her closest friend what she might want. That's what I would do. Yeah, that's a safe I personally move. like the Jasmine one. I looked at both of them for you, but alas, you are not marrying me. What uh, what Disney <laughs> what princess d- would you, uh, you know, if Brian was in the market for <laughs> Uh, I mean, Jasmine was a really cool one. You know what I mean? She was for the people. Uh, she fell in love with uh, with, with a, a lad and a street rat. Street rat. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, she doesn't recognize or value money in the same way so many of us do. She was like, I'll be with this man who I love for him. And that's how I feel about Brian. Even though he's an Aww. astronaut doctor and makes like... $20 million a year. Like, so. Mil? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Anyways, we got to roll out. Uh, for Michael Bumpus, for Curtis Rogers, I'm Stacey Ross. Don't go anywhere. Wyman and Bob coming up next.